Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey guys, it's Perry, and I'm here to let you know that this edition of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership where you can watch, read, shop, and connect. Catch up on original series like Titans and starting November 29th, watch their newest adult animated series, Harley Quinn. Visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one and use the promo code Collider to start your free trial. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast O-N-E. Use promo code Collider to start your 14-day free trial, and this code will be valid for you through December 31st, 2019. This episode of Collider Movie Talk is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe, which is only available in the U.S. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. On today's Movie Talk, we've got your weekend box office report. And then on top of that, the very first clip from Rise of Skywalker is here. And then we've actually got Josh Trank reviewing his own movie, Fantastic Four, all on today's Movie Talk. 
We haven't even started the show, and Jay Washington is already losing it. And I don't know why. Did I say something? No. Did you see the bottom graphic no. on the Fantastic oh, Four? One of those. Was, yeah, it was one of those. Mm. I'm going to tell my kids this, and it was like I'm going to tell my kids this was X Men, and that tickled me because I was like, <laughs> I don't blame you. You think I would have learned to read those ahead of time, so none of that ever <laughs> happens. But I never do, and I I can't. It read caught the me thing off guard because I was them. looking at it all. I was like, I'm going to tell my kids this is X Men. Like I don't blame you at oh. all. How you guys doing? What's up, John? Roca. What's up, everyone? Just tweet the link out so you're watching us live. How's it going? I'm excited. Let's talk about a great fun weekend of football. Perry and I saw No, night. it wasn't a fun weekend of football. My, my skin's won, so it was a fun weekend for me. Uh, hey, guys. A win's a win. There right? you go. There you Shouts go. out to the Bears. But we saw 1917 yesterday, so I can't stop glowing. I can't stop talking about it. I don't it's think a full a review one. yet, but Not you're yet. allowed to but, share your Twitter reaction. Yeah, that yeah. counts for something. It counts for something. But we will be reviewing it. Yes. We'll be reviewing it properly, and we're going to get to share it with you super soon. Right now, we got a whole bunch of stuff to get into. Of course, it's Monday, so we're kicking off the lineup with the weekend box office report. Here is your top five. Frozen 2 kicked off strong with $127 million. That's a record-breaking opening right there. Ford v. Ferrari took the number two spot with $16 million. Then it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood, opening up with $13.5 million, followed by an opening weekend total of $9.3 million for 21 bridges. And then Midway still hanging on at number five with $4.7 million. You guys see all these numbers up on the screen right now. What stands out to you the most? I thought Frozen 2 would have made a little bit more. More? Do you mean domestically? Yeah, domestically. It's the, high, it's no, no, the highest opening weekend. I know it is. I just thought for it an animated made, movie. Yeah, for an animated film. But I just felt like it was going to make a little bit more, you know, coming off the heels of what Toy Story 4 brought, all that emotion. Everybody had been anticipating Frozen 2. But I guess because we're right at the, the cusp of the holiday season and Black Friday and stuff like that, people will go see some things and they'll save some money. But I just thought it was going to crack maybe 150. I don't know. Maybe it was just being that wasn't realistic. I, I think that would have been possible if it were, maybe if it were a summer release, because that's when we see a movie like Incredibles 2 make, yeah. I, I, it was north of 150. It was an insane amount mm. of money. But when you drop something in the November month, it usually is slightly lower. But what Frozen 2, I think, is doing versus a summer release is it's playing the long game. This is a movie that's mm. going to hang on for a very long time. We were talking about it before mm. we even started the show. That first Frozen movie for its three-day opening weekend only made something like $67 million. It wound, up, it wound up becoming a sensation because it had super, super long legs. Yeah. So after this really hot start, I have a feeling that they're going to try to replicate that to a degree and make this one an overall worldwide success. Yeah, I mean, it jumped from 41.8 million on Friday to 49.8 million on Saturday. And looking at the, that's a 19% jump. And you're looking at the stats here. If they remove the Thursday previews of 8.5 million, then that's a 50% jump. That's pretty incredible. So probably word of mouth there uh, behind it, pushing it. So And that's what pushed it, like you said, Perry, the first one. That's what pushed the first one was mm -hmm. word of mouth. People coming constantly. And also when it was released and some of these, just like it was around Ender's Game. People remember Ender's Game? That was around the same I time that Frozen. I remember Ender's Game very well yeah. because I was rooting for that movie. Yeah, I think a lot of us were because that's a great <laughs> book by Orson Scott Card. We are hoping it would do well, but it didn't. But you, you get, so this, where it's released now, you wonder, okay, 
okay, how long has it got? We're going into the Christmas season, right? All of this is happening here, and it looks fun. The songs are capturing people. You just said off camera, into you can't get the song out of your head. <laughs> yeah, those are the things that are going to make you come back and watch it over again. And what do you want to do at family time? It's it's spend time in the theaters. I'm sorry, Christmas time. It's spend time with your family. So, Although you, I will say Knives Out could be some really like backwards Thanksgiving <laughs> competition. They, they just send something in the mail, and it's like, I wish I brought it on set now. It's like a, a box to survive the holidays yeah. with something like like uh, headphones to drown out your family, a board game to to distract from family conversation, Advil for the headache that you're going to have after, and then there was a fourth thing in it, and it was just very, very funny. Well, you say how, go back to Frozen 2 having legs, how long does, do those legs last? When does Jumanji 2 drop? Right. Jumanji 2 drops December 13th, and they're playing the same game because mm-hmm. that's what happened with uh, the, the last first one, Jumanji yeah, 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 movie. Yeah, yeah, that one for sure. It's it's such like a, like, I can't handle the idea that we keep calling that Jumanji the first one when technically it's the it's second, the but because it's part of a new iteration of the second, right? I don't know. Third? I like never know what to say anymore. It's the second. That's the second, third one's yeah. coming out. This is the third one. Technically, this is the third one. Yeah. It's just, okay, it's another Jumanji movie. Kevin Hart and the Rocker. Kevin Hart and the Rock. But we don't really have any animated competition no, no, through no. the rest of the right. year. No, there's so no more animated. This so, has a chance. Yeah, but again, like I said, you get Jumanji and then you get Rise of Skywalker, which a lot of kids, even you know the kids that would go see Frozen, some will still want to see uh, Star mm-hmm. Wars as well. So that's the part of how long those legs last. But look at what happened with Last Jedi, because I believe that year, Roka, you can correct yep. me of all people if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that year not only did Jumanji do really well against Last Jedi, but so did Greatest, Greatest Showman. Showman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, Greatest, and, Showman. And Greatest Showman did well in the long run, right? It didn't start out well when it's opening weekend, but for some reason, mm-hmm. like uh, like we saw with Aquaman, the legs were there and it just kept going and going and going. And so the, those, those, those those films you can't predict. We talk about fantasy football off camera. We, you do all the research you want. You just never know I what's going to happen. It. It's the same thing with box office. You can do all the research you want. Look at all the stats. are going to break it all down, but you never know what the public tastes are going to be and why, why do I go. do this you know to why? myself? Yeah, right. Do you know why Aquaman had legs? Because the Pitbull's version of Toto for Africa. Yeah, that was no, the reason. That did not it had nothing legs. to do with it. <laughs> That's the reason. But I, I, I think Frozen 2 actually will have legs. I think people were very surprised by how much they enjoyed it. It had a good, it has a decent or good cinema score. I think it's A minus. So, so it's like that's, that's a positive overall. And of course, in this time when um, a lot of these franchises are embracing having female leads, Frozen was kind of there when it was starting to happen as well. So it's a positive all around. It keeps furthering the story. Plus, you're exploring how she got her power. So there's something new to discover. I know some people. People have been complaining in the reviews that, oh, it feels like a little bit of a rehash of the first film. But, hey, huh. some people like going back to feel those old things, and then you present them with a little bit of something new. So there you go. That's funny. That's actually the opposite, I would say, about this mm. movie in particular as a sequel, is that I, I really enjoyed how the story matured. And yeah. it felt like a very distinct next step forward for both characters. But yeah. whatever, this isn't a review. We're talking about more box office, and there's a whole bunch of other things on the list. Rocco, what caught your eye? Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. I like it. It, it made $16 million, which is a Ford. 49% drop. It's it's not great, but it's also not too bad. It's at 100 and what, 3 million worldwide on a $90 million budget. So it's, that's, you look at this, I'm like, okay, well, this is, or $98 million budget. So I'm like, okay, it's not 100% great right now, but I think there might be Oscar talk coming for this thing. So that might give it its legs as well. People, a lot of people really came away from that film surprisingly enjoying it. It did a great first mm-hmm. weekend. Christian Bale is incredible in the film. Matt Damon does his thing, but it's really Christian Bale who's 
fantastic, kind of like the fighter. Wahlberg did his thing. Christian Bale was the reason you're talking about it. And Mangold directs an incredible film, two hours and 20 minutes, and somehow manages to turn the United States into the underdog. And I love that. It's brilliant, and it's perfect for... And it's and it works as a family film as well because he's got these strong relationships with his child, with his, with his wife, Christian Bale does. So all of that could give Ford versus Ferrari a lot more legs than we thought. It is a crowd pleaser. Yeah, and I think absolutely. right now is the time of year for crowd pleasers. I also wonder if a lot of these movies are going to wind up being served well by the fact that we've had so many box office lull weekends. Mm. Like The beginning of November was very, very low yeah. compared to last year. And right. I wonder if it's just a matter of, you know, folks saving their money for Thanksgiving openings and to carry them through uh, the Christmas season. So... I don't know. Some of these movies, especially a movie that's a big yeah. four-quadrant crowd pleaser like that one, I think it could do well. You make a good point because I think if I was reading correctly, uh, Forbes had it down that to date, the box office is 7% less than it was last year. And I actually so, thought it was more than that, but I guess Frozen might have changed yeah, that number significantly. Right, to help it, to help yeah. it. Yeah, so you're like, okay. But I think this, you know, and I'm looking at this as a trend and it. Slowly but surely, people are staying home more. People, are, and I don't think it's about quality of entertainment. I think it's people staying home more. People waiting for these things. People getting them online. People streaming them. I just feel like this is the start of a trend uh, that people have been saying for quite some time was coming. And it's cold outside. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, sure. people like to stay warm. It's not cold out here. I need people to stop saying it's, it's freezing you, here right you now. You have not been out here long enough for your blood to thin out. And when it does, you'll be complaining. First of all, I'm making sure my blood. I don't want to be one of those people. All of a sudden. It's 52 degrees in a North Face jacket and a scarf. For the record, I was making the same complaint in New York, too. It didn't change when I moved out here. I always hated the cold. I'm from Chicago. We are born and bred in it. But (laughs) what what stands out for me is 21 Bridges. Yeah. 21 Bridges made 12 million worldwide this weekend, Mm -hmm. 9.3 million domestic. And it's Chadwick Boseman in the lead. Yeah. And you would think coming off of just being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that is his thing. Like, they draw to the box office. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing with television shows and even some movies with the Game of Thrones st- uh, crew, the cast, excuse me, where you would bring them in and you're like, hey, they're on Game of Thrones. They'll draw people in. Clearly, this isn't the case because we talked about it before we went on air. Men in Black International with Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth did not do what they thought it was going to do. Yeah. The budget for 21 Bridges is $33 million. Now, could it eventually reach that? Yeah, but the fact it didn't crack that at least opening weekend speaks volumes. And with the Russo brothers behind it. And with the Russo brothers behind it. Yeah, there's that. But, I mean, the fact that it's an STX release, and STX has had some films that have done pretty well, especially especially for the amount that they cost, but... I do feel like it's difficult to compare something like that to one of the big studios releasing a movie with a major headliner. But one way or the other, I think, uh, you know, this year in particular has proven the fact that headliners are very hard to come by. Headliners that could very quickly bring in an audience without like a, you know, a grabby concept or a big brand around it. Do you think that whole stigma is dying out in a sense? I think it's been, I think it's been dying out for years. Mm. I mean, even when you look at, even when you look at, I mean, let's look at Tom Cruise. The Mission Impossible franchise does very well, but right. did The Mummy do very well? Right. I mean, yeah. for other reasons, the movie was not very good, yeah. but you would think that Tom Cruise would draw a crowd that mm. was bigger than the opening weekend total that movie made. It's weird because we, we just say that, and the reason I ask that is you go to Charlie's Angels. 
And everybody mm-hmm. said because Charlie's Angels didn't have example. real star par- star power in the mm-hmm. headline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had Kristen Stewart, but it's not real star power. Is why a lot of people didn't go out. You know, it's, it's those. It's like this. Well, there's not a balance. I, I think there's a larger discussion to be had here about this idea of clamoring for female-led films, clamoring for more of them, clamoring for more minority-led films, or and and people don't go see them. It's not about just having films out there. It's about making quality films that people want to go see. I think that's the larger discussion here. That's really what's important. And so, yes, we can cla- us in the sphere can clamor f- to have more of these films out there, but the public decides what they want to go patronize and what they don't want to go patronize. And if they don't sense you have a good film here, they're not going to come, no matter who's in the lead, no matter who's in it. So well, I think that's the larger discussion. To, to Andre Burma's The Kitchen, look at the, Charlie's Angels. Well, the well, Kitchen was Black and Blue. The Kitchen was a plain old bad movie. Well, Char- bad that's movie. what I'm getting no, at. Charlie's Angels wasn't, but Charlie's Angels wasn't. Right, fair point. But, this, but then you bring up the idea, is there enough star power to get people into the theater? That's another conversation. So why aren't people patronizing? Why are people patronizing certain female-led films or certain minority-led films and not others? This is the conversation. Well, also, Harriet, it's Mark, Harriet but, is doing incredible but also, so, on a little budget. But here's, here's my counterpoint to all of those. When you have Charlie's Angels, which wasn't marketed well, you have 21 Bridges, which was barely marketed. You Look at see, Black and Blue. Black and Blue was all over the place in L.A. and it didn't went, do well. Right, but it's Tyrese. Um, it's not Tyrese. It, it's Naomi Harris. Tyrese is a supporting character. But they, yeah, I know you have Naomi Harris, but it's Tyrese. <laughs> all right, it's, <laughs> but, and that's as good as Charlie's no, Angels, Black and Blue was. But then you have, you see that. what was the other film you brought up? Because you brought up those two and then you brought oh, up The Kitchen. Movie. The Kitchen is just a bad movie. Sure. It's just a bad, it's a bad like, It was a bad, gonna, movie. a bad movie. It also had a really weak release date. I don't necessarily think this comes down to, you know, what type of person stars in the movie. I think we're just in a time where the landscape is changing and not just the rise of streaming services where people are choosing whether to stay home or go to the movies, spending their dollars on streaming services mm-hmm. or buying a ticket. But on top of that, the release calendar is changing across the board. Sure. Certain periods that we used to consider lulls of the box office are not. Now those are opportunities to make money. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that we are seeing more Avengers Endgame type movies, movies that are like high priorities where so such a significant population mm-hmm. of like the movie going public needs to see that movie opening weekend no matter what. I think we're just seeing a lot of folks out there reserve money for the big franchise films yeah. and there's less to go around across the board whether you're talking about Charlie's Angels, whether you're talking about Black and Blue, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. think there's less money to go around if you are not like an epic blockbuster juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Period. This is where the streaming comes in, I think. But then yeah. also, every movie studio is not equipped to put out a big blockbuster juggernaut, which I get. Right, right. Which I get. But you have some who can compare and compete a small amount. Again, it goes back to Charlie's Angels. Whereas you had Paramount, who if they put just a... Sony. Not Sony, Sony, excuse me, Sony. My apologies. They just put a little bit of effort behind it. This is Sony. You can put some effort behind it. I don't know. They did. Kristen Stewart was busy on that press circuit. That's she. That's, really, she really but, gave it her but all. That's just one I, thing. That's that's just one it's thing. just what they put out. What the trailers weren't great. Yeah, the, that's the, the, those kinds of things hurt you in the long mm-hmm. run. And I don't think the. I, I agree. I don't think the. I think I'm somewhere in the middle between you two. I think the studio did not 100 percent believe in the film, or else we would have been inundated with the right, marketing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, but Kristen Stewart did her best to promote it, and so did Elizabeth Banks. But I think in the long run, I don't think the studio did. 
enough. Just curious. Yeah. What do you think is being inundated with marketing? Like, what do you expect to see and where do you expect to see it? Like, you, you, you talk about, t- like, these TV spots, right? We get all these TV spots yeah. for Avengers, TV spots for Star Wars. We don't get, we didn't get a lot of TV spots for any for Charlie's Angels. But how much, like, broadcast TV are you watching? Are you watching just football games or, like, more more than that? Because there no, are a lot. of course I'm watching Well, there's, there's a lot of, like, cable cutters out there. So right. Now, I'm not one of those. There's so many different places that you mm-hmm. need to market your movie now i'm wondering if they're just kind of you know like spreading their money around or what if they're just, just focusing in those TV places it's true. it's true but what if they're just focusing in those smaller places they could you, be you yeah. have a charlie's angels and you're just focusing on certain networks also if you have a movie that appeals to an older audience maybe you are just focusing yeah. on yeah. tv spots and not necessarily you know ads before youtube videos That's right. maybe they were there as i did see some on youtube but look where else are they going to promote this kind of film i think you have to give the aura of that it is a larger film than than you think. And so putting these TV spots on broadcast TV, on streaming services, on YouTube, all these things should have been out there for them. I just don't think the studio 100% yeah. believed it. Or they messed up the marketing. Because this is a good movie. A lot of people say this is a good mm-hmm. movie. It somehow just didn't catch on. I just think, like, for instance, I watch Hulu like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I watch a variety of programming on Hulu. Henceforth, you get a variety of ads. Mm. I didn't once see a Charlie's Angels ad. So it's like, where are you? Like you said, where are you directly marketing to? Hulu is a big thing for people. Again, streaming services. Are we N- talking about Hulu originals or Hulu, Hulu broadcast? No, just that, Hulu, that, the TV option. The, the TV option okay. with, the, with the regular broadcast. You know, not like the Hulu programming themselves. But it's like, where are you marketing this to? If you want, this is supposed to be a blockbuster film. Mm. It's supposed to be treated as such. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey guys, it's Perry here to let you know that this episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for us DC fans who want to watch DC movies and shows, read our favorite DC comics, shop exclusive merchandise, and connect with other fans. DC Universe is home to original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, Young Justice Outsiders, and also starting November 29th, Harley Quinn featuring Kaylee Cuoco. This adult animated series follows Harley as she breaks things off with the Joker. 
Will she be the newly liberated queen pin of Gotham City? Catch new episodes on Fridays. Love comic books? Well, DC Universe is also the place for you for that. Get access to over 20,000 digital comics all at your fingertips. This includes classic titles like The Dark Knight Returns, Crisis on Infinite Earth, Kingdom Come, and All-Star Superman, as well as today's hottest books. And that's just the tip of the iceberg here. Watch new animated films like Batman Hush and Reign of the Superman. Enjoy classic animated series remastered in HD like Aquaman and Batman Beyond. Binge fan-favorite DC series like Constantine and Birds of Prey. And watch classic DC movies like Batman, Batman Returns, and Superman. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. With this special 14-day free trial promo code, now is definitely the time to experience the ultimate DC membership. Visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast one and use the promo code Collider to start your free trial. That's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast O-N-E. Use promo code Collider to start your 14-day free trial. This code will be valid through December 31st, 2019. This episode of Collider Movie Talk is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks, the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the U.S. I don't know. Well, I know. We're going to move from that marketing conversation into another one because the rise of Skywalker marketing, like if you are bummed that those <laughs> movies were not marketed strongly enough, I hope you're ready to have rise of Skywalker stuff in your face from yeah. now, probably through to the end of the year, not even just release. And we're kicking it off with this very first Star Wars rise of Skywalker clip here. Guys, this is basically our first, you know, significant look at the film that isn't a quick cutting trailer. So what did you think of this scene? Did it, you know, make you any more hype for the movie than you already were? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, like, how much, I mean, what is it supposed to do beside a stormtrooper? They made it seem like the stormtroopers flying is this brand new thing. It's not. It's been in video games, and I think it was in something else, but been done i think it was i haven't kept up with the comics mm. unfortunately but i think it was in the the poe dameron comic yes yeah, so yeah. it's like this is done I, I guess some people who aren't that far into the you know canon of star wars knowing about the games and comics didn't know so they're like oh my god Stormtroopers right, are flying. right and that's most of the mainstream yeah, public. Right? so they're doing yeah. that but mm-hmm. the fact that you did see daisy ridley oscar isaac john boyega together in scene in a scene like that it's really like, okay, finally, we're getting them together. We've seen in the trailer mm. all of them in the Millennium Falcon, mm. but you're like, okay, cool, we're going to get more of them together throughout this. I actually think that it was smart for them to start with this. So, mm. admittedly, we had been talking about yep. this before. I found the, like, oh, they can do that now? They can do that. Oh, they can do I find that humor a little bit cheesy, but yeah. I actually think it was smart for them to release this while Mandalorian is so hot because... It's just very smart to set your clip that you're releasing on a desert planet because I think you automatically make that connection, but then you can mm. feel the difference in the style and tone. And it just, I don't know, watching this, because I happen to have watched episode three of The Mandalorian this morning, and then I watched this clip. And it's like, you know, it all feels like it's the same world, but tonally it's different and yeah. it can appeal to different Star Wars fans in different ways. I kind of liked the pairing of this being dropped in the middle of that. Yeah, there was, a, there was a Knights of Ren clip that also dropped, but this is the one that's, I think, dropped. Or something. There was something that was highlighted about it over the weekend. I saw the Empire like, thing. Yeah, the Empire. The Empire thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you get a little more of an intro. But like this, this is old school Star Wars. 
the cheesy jokes, the the the, the repeating of the line, but the difference people's re, uh, reaction or saying li- the line differently works all around. Plus, you get these jump troopers. That's something new. People have been clamoring for something new. Now I want to see what the red stormtroopers. What's their what's their uh, part in this whole thing? So this idea that there's still a little bit of new stuff being introduced combined with uh, some old school uh, cheesy Star Wars humor is great. I think it makes you feel like okay, we're going back home again, and we're gonna wrap this thing up correctly. At least we'll get that vibe from like we had from the first from the original trilogy again can we not jump too far it's 30 seconds yeah it is 30 I, I think seconds. that's the one thing we got to remember well, we got the vibe and that's what yeah. they wanted to do but it's 30 seconds once again the marketing well yeah. it's still 30 it, it's probably 28 more seconds than we would have gotten of a single scene in the trailer Fair. and Fair. it's only and, and those things are can only, apparently according to canon they, they can only those imperial jump troopers 20 seconds that's as far as they can fly 20 seconds with the jetpacks and they have to come down or whatever and then 20 seconds again Broke with the fun facts I'm just saying little <laughs> things like so, so they had to keep it a 30 second clip is what I'm saying yeah. I'm curious to see if they were release many more clips before the actual release of the film. I don't want want them to, but you know they will. I think, like, you can take what we saw in the trailer, the different trailers, and just extend a little bit of that, but I don't want to see too much because they just start putting the movie together. That normally is what they do. If we've seen something in a, like, it's like, first you get an image, and if you get the image, that image is probably going to appear in the trailer, and then if you've had a significant amount of footage from a specific moment, that's probably going to be the clip that they're going to release. I hope that whatever clip they do release next, and they're bound to do it, is I just want I want a choir in a moment because mm. one of my favorite things about clips is it tends to give you your first taste of, of the energy, the style, the tone, the pacing of a movie. And, you know, this felt like a very traditional Star Wars mm. action set piece. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a quieter moment between two key characters just <laughs> to get a vibe for how that's going to feel. I think that might be one of the next TV spots or something we get, mm. you know, get a nice little dialogue back and forth about something going on. And then you got to try to piece. We'll be sitting here trying to piece together what the scene could be. And as every critic will do, every pundit will do. So in this dialogue, when such and such said this and they said mm. that, and it's like, all right, let's just not do all of that. Let's just wait till the movie comes out. Not much theorizing left, though. I mean, it, mm. I can't believe how soon the release of the movie is after all of this yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah, it's really right around the corner. Yes, it yeah. is. Did you guys cry watching that feature at this morning? No, because we watched it together, and I refused to cry next to Roka, So I appreciate your strength, Jay. Oh, thank you. You're Some welcome. people would say crying is strength. So <laughs> Some people would. Uh, here's what I'll say to you. The clip was great. It's very nice to feel like, yeah, once again, this feeling of going back home again, right, to Star Wars and remembering how long Star Wars has been in your life, literally my entire life, and how much it has affected you and why you keep coming back to it, why you hope these films are so good. My only complaint, and I'm going to put this out there, is that George Lucas was in this thing for maybe three seconds, four yeah, a seconds. a pretty epic shot, though. He's the man who built this thing, son. I don't understand why you only, and you don't have him speaking. He's not even speaking. I wonder, it's George Lucas. I wonder if they'll do more of a tribute to him eventually. Because I hope so. This also felt like it was very, dis- it was purposely tied into Rise of Skywalker right, 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 and these particular characters' journeys coming to an end, that well, they, kind of thing. But you got a lot of Mark Hamill in this. I know he might you be appearing. Get- in, so, but still, this is literally like I told Roker when we watched it together, minus the tears. 
I told Roku, this is literally to make people say, Star Wars is supposed to make you happy, remember? That is literally what that is for, because remember all of the scrutiny off The Last Jedi, and there's still people who are hesitant about The Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. So this is literally to say, hey guys, this is supposed to be fun. That is literally what that is for. If that is the goal, (laughs) they have succeeded, Mm -hmm. because, you know, bring in the phrase, all the feels, that's what I felt while I was watching this. I mean, it's just, not even that I needed a reminder of, you know, why I'm a star Wars fan and the fact that I am a fan but when you get to watch something like that and it's just like you I think one of the coolest things about social media and you know YouTube and all these types of things that we get now is it's kind of like broken down the wall between the the creators of the movies and the fans and that's that's what this piece brought to me it's just I like I like being able to see behind the scenes and how passionate the creators are about the property that I'm already passionate Mm -hmm. about And there's something about pieces like this and social media posts that I don't know as a fan it makes me feel even more involved than I ever have been and I feel like that's going to wind up serving the whole experience and just fandom in general very well yeah you're supposed to love everything you're supposed to to have because that's what it did even seeing the moments when they're on the red carpet with all the fans Mm. the one moment with john boyega with the fans and he's taking the picture with the stormtroopers right behind him it's all this we're part of a family we're all in this together so yes your feels are real and you're supposed to feel happy roca don't take away the happiness. No, I'm not. You do look like you're teeing up like a Grinch no. moment right now. I think what it does, though, is is um, make you feel good walking in before we go into the night. Yeah. And it's supposed to make, put it, because it feels like you're we're wrapping this all up in a bow. Skywalker storyline is done after this. We're moving on. And that's, I think, the general vibe as well from the video that they want you to have is this is like saying goodbye to something we've all been a part of for quite some time. They even have that clip of Mark Hamill saying, you never know if it's your last time or it feels like the last time. So you're just like, oh. Yeah. Admittedly, that got me. Yeah, as that's much that's as I like, I have been a big advocate for the end of the Skywalker mm. saga, and you mm. know the continuation of something new. But when that was uttered in that piece, I'm like, no. <laughs> and with so much Carrie Fisher, you just that yeah. was the part oh, yeah. where you had to hold back, sure, because they make sure they show you a lot of Carrie Fisher. Like, listen, mm-hmm. she's she's gone in the physical, but she's still with us throughout this. And you're like. I'm okay because I'm yeah. standing next to John Roken oh, watching this. Oh, <laughs> All right. We're going to move on right now. So jetpacks are super cool, but you know what's even cooler than that? Crossbows. And I got to learn how to shoot one. Here's a promo <laughs> of a Ready or Not video. <laughs> from Ready or Not, and we are here today to celebrate the digital and Blu-ray release of the movie, which you should see, and what better way to celebrate this one than to do some crossbow training. So you got it, we pocket, we keep it back, we load the thing, so it goes all the way back. All the way to the back. Mm -hmm. We keep our finger off the trigger, trigger. we push it, click it, we aim it, and we stick it. Push it, click it, aim it, stick it. Three, two, one. Whoa, hey, I got mine back. What the? It's that arrow. Wow. Oh, dud. Whoa, baby. Get that in slow motion. Dude, I was going to say. It was say. like, Ooh. Yeah, There we go. I think you got him in the heart. It did a little curve. Yeah. Yeah, you bet wrong. Oh, oh never mind. What? Hey, the hey. France? All right. Why don't we go with the big gun? Oh, see what boy. happens. 
Hey guys, it's Perry here to let you know that this episode of Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the ultimate DC membership for us DC fans who want to watch DC movies and shows, read our favorite DC comics, shop exclusive merchandise, and connect with other fans. DC Universe is home to original series like Titans, Doom Patrol, Young Justice Outsiders, and also starting November 29th, Harley Quinn featuring Kaylee Cuoco. This adult animated series follows Harley as she breaks things off with the Joker. Will she be the newly liberated queen pin of Gotham City? Catch new episodes on Fridays. Love comic books? Well, DC Universe is also the place for you for that. Get access to over 20,000 digital comics all at your fingertips. This includes classic titles like The Dark Knight Returns, Crisis on Infinite Earth, Kingdom Come, and All-Star Superman, as well as today's hottest books. And that's just the tip of the iceberg here. Watch new animated films like Batman Hush and Reign of the Super Superman, enjoy classic animated series remastered in HD like Aquaman and Batman Beyond, binge fan-favorite DC series like Constantine and Birds of Prey, and watch classic DC movies like Batman, Batman Returns, and Superman. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices with this special 14-day free trial promo code. Now is definitely the time to experience the ultimate DC membership. Visit www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast1 and use the promo code collider to start your free trial that's www.dcuniverse.com slash podcast o n e use promo code collider to start your 14 day free trial this code will be valid through december 31st 2019. This episode of Collider Movie Talk is sponsored by Warner Brothers Digital Networks the operator of DC Universe. DC Universe is only available in the US. So that full video is up on the Collider Video YouTube channel right now, and I highly recommend checking it out because Christian Brune is an actual, he's like a total joy. That was so much fun <laughs> yeah. to do with him in particular, but also because Ready or Not is, please tell me you've seen Ready or Not. Of course. Okay, good. I did the junket. Ready or Not, if you haven't seen it, you should prioritize it, and it's going to be available digitally tomorrow, actually, November 26th, and it's available on Blu-ray and DVD on December 3rd. And there's actually that's a really good companion piece for Knives Out. If you want like a backwards mm. family celebration, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Go watch the video. Go see the movie. I hope you all enjoy. All right. We got one more story to hit today. And it's an interesting one. This is something uh, a little unusual because uh, Josh Trank took to Letterboxd to review his own film, Fantastic Four. And we all know that, you know, some crazy stuff went down on that movie. Mm. We don't know the specifics or what really happened, but the result was a Fantastic Four movie that, uh, you know, wasn't great. It was not very good. <laughs> Say so, how you really feel. <laughs> uh, I actually kind of agree with Josh with what Josh Trank wrote here. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it first. All right. He started out by saying in his review, great cast. Everyone in the film is a great actor. And overall, there is a movie in there somewhere. And that cast deserves to be in that movie. Everyone who worked on Fantastic Four clearly wanted to make that movie. But ultimately, it wasn't. Did I make that movie they deserve to be in? To be honest, I can't tell. What I can tell is there are two different movies in one movie competing to be that movie is there a release the trank cut doesn't matter i'm not Zack snyder mm. all right what do you guys think about josh trank going out and reviewing his own movie i loved it 
I think it's absolutely great. I think more directors should do this because they take the piss and vinegar out of people who complain online about a film not doing well and wanting to blame the director and wanting to say, oh, that's why that person was removed from this franchise or whatever. I think it's a great way to kind of undercut all of that and realize that there are real human beings doing these things and encountering stuff that they have to encounter that maybe they would didn't know they were going to have to encounter when they were starting this process. He goes on to say, I was 20. 29 years old, making my second film in a situation more complicated than anything a second-time filmmaker should have walked into. And that's that comes with age and retrospect. Even if five years later, when you're 34 versus 29, you can look back and see what that experience was like. I recently interviewed Gavin Hood for The Deep Cut, and we talked a little bit about his experiences doing X-Men Origins Wolverine. And he said that a famous executive walked up to him one day and said, you can complain about this, or you can try to make changes, or you can go with the flow. This is a machine, and if you get in front of the machine, the machine will crush you. Mm-hmm. That's his exact quote that is in the podcast, which we're dropping later. But that, he's another guy that walked in out of independent films into this massive situation. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I wish more directors would do this so that we as, as fans can get a peek behind the curtain and take them as human beings and process it all in the larger picture. First of all, this is no secret of how Josh Trank felt about Fan 4 Stick. We're never going to call it Fantastic Four. It's Fan 4 Stick. But he said that the moment it came out. He tweeted about it. This is not my movie. So for him to now go and do the commentary behind it, it just adds on to him already letting everybody know this was not his film. This is not what he put together. This is not his vision. And yes, I giggled when he said release the train cut because (laughs) this is one of those things opposed to the other one. I refuse to say its name. It's like Voldemort. I would want to see because this is a completely different movie. From what he says he's mm-hmm. done. So I really want to see the two. I don't need just extra scenes. I want to see what his version is. Because also I want to see if Dr. Doom in this one. Or just Doom. Doesn't look like somebody's 8 year old child. Drawn with a crayon. There are different things in this movie you yeah. want to see. You want to see how does this story really play out. And so him saying that. Is one of those things like yeah. I agree with you. More directors should be able to do that. But there could be. This back, this backlash behind it because yes, it's been five years since. Right. But there are some people like, oh, that's how you felt. So now this studio decides not to work with this director anymore because they're like, oh, now you're going to come out and speak out against. Well, that's us. the other thing. That's you know, the that's the it, that's yeah. the the negative side to that. I don't know. It's like I look at stuff like mm. this and all all I and I've been saying this since this movie came out. I'm a I was a huge Josh Trank fan yeah. before mm. this movie, and even though this movie didn't pan out, it's like. That whole situation was a whole bunch of he said, she said from our perspective. So I can't really make any judgments on who did what and what was right and what was wrong Mm. and all that. But it's just like a fascinating space to be in, to be a young director like he was working up against the studio machine. And I feel like we've seen so many directors with with a really strong voice and vision kind of have to succumb to that. Mm. All I want is a series of tell-alls. Like I would love if someone out there would produce a a series and each episode would focus on a different case study kind of like Mm -hmm. this. Because I mean, not only could it be interesting for us as fans, but I think it could be beneficial for the system overall. Absolutely. I understand the problems that could come with that mm-hmm. and the problems that could come with Josh Trank speaking up against the studio that he worked with. Maybe they're not going to hire. I mean, for all we know, maybe they're not going to hire him after the movie right. came out anyway. anyway, but you also don't want to completely burn additional bridges. But 
if enough directors out there who felt like their voice was stifled on a big project mm-hmm. speak up, maybe some studios or some leaders at studios will change their way and will find a healthier balance between the studio money system Certainly. and directors who have some real style and skill but to we, show off. But we're seeing that happen with a lot of situations. We have Josh Trank. You've even had Lord Miller say a few things about their time. That's who were, I would start yeah, with. Yeah, Lord Miller when they were doing Solo. So you have these, and these are big entities and so i the only issue is they're big entities they look like you're a director we can get another one of you Mm. which again it happened with solo you know what actually might be the benefit of what streaming services are doing right now the fact that in addition to some of these folks speaking out now you have someone like martin scorsese who goes to netflix with the irishman because netflix is the only entity who will let him make that movie the way he wants yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. maybe if more di- big name directors out there start inking these deals then you know the theatrical studios are going to have no choice but to you know to give in a little well and it's a good point look both of these situations the gavin hood thing and the Josh Trank thing or under what studio that got bought by Disney. Exactly. So that Kinberg thing is over and we can move on from it and hopefully Disney, uh, I think Disney you sense from a lot of uh, the directors that have worked under the MCU, what have you, they feel more comfortable coming and doing stuff there and they feel like their vision works combined with what the studios say to do. I didn't see Star Wars. I said Mm. MCU. No, no, no. I'm going to go. I got something with the MCU because again, remember the Edgar Wright thing? No, no. Not even Edgar Wright. Ava DuVernay. Ava was supposed to have Black Panther before Ryan Coogler did, uh, and she wasn't able to do her vision. She wanted a different way to do it, but because they have a formula, which I get, I well, get. Well, to, to be fair, mm. it's like I'm I'm always rooting for you know a creator to see their vision through mm, and yes. exactly what they want. But there are some filmmakers out there who who need some sort of executive oversight. And there's some very talented executives at these studios, too, mm-hmm. who have very successfully carved Absolutely. out paths for certain franchises. So it's about finding a balance. I never like to hear scenarios that give me the impression like a director was bullied out of making the film mm-hmm. that he or she wanted to make. But sometimes you kind of got to work together and find the middle ground. Oh, absolutely. And that's what's going to benefit the end product overall. Absolutely. Yeah. When you have a MCU, when you have a Star Wars now, with you know, because a lot of people may have their feeling on Kathleen Kennedy one way or another, but you have these stories already set. You right. have the giant board that says, we're here at this point, we want to get here. Right. And so those things, yes, you have to follow those, but when you bring in a director, they have an eye. As long as they know the goal let them do their vision. Well, and that's the thing. And that's the thing that I come back to, to me. If you've hired this director, your job is to support this director. Your job is not to force your opinion or shove your thoughts and points of views about what you think should be happening with the movie. Because if you feel that way, you direct it. And that's my problem. Let the director do their vision. You select them. You either sink or swim with them, but you've made the decision. So your job is to support their vision coming forward. If the vision doesn't work, it's not great. Guess what? You messed up choosing this director. Take the hit and move on. The Frankenstein shit never works. Never works. There's never been a Frankenstein movie that worked. Maybe, maybe Rogue One, but maybe. But like everything else, just it just it just as league was 100 loved. This Fantastic Four films, Brave. I would throw Brave out there. Brave isn't that damn good of a Pixar movie. It feels like two movies shoved together. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things just never work. I. W- I- 
It's just my opinion. It's, it's you, diffi- of yeah, course, it's of course, difficult of course. to say never. I, I would have to do some serious research yeah. before I before I went back on that statement. But I can't recall. I, you know what else I would love to see in addition to this tell-all? I would love certain you know executives at studios and directors who work with that executive to yeah. come out and talk about their collaboration a little more because I do think that there are probably many instances because, yes, a director has a vision, but producers don't necessarily just have to be like the money folks, like throwing money and resources at a project. They sure. could also be creative producers and sometimes that guidance and that second set of eyeballs that isn't as entrenched in a production as maybe a director is sometimes that's vital and necessary and sometimes that person can give certain solutions that that other individual at the helm of the project might not think about so i think there's opportunity for strong collaboration and i would like to guarantee that there is some of that happening behind the scenes that we just don't talk enough about you know what i'm going to put that question on my list of questions whenever i do an interview now (laughs) well yeah well i had to cut about 20 minutes from that interview because I put that question out there with Gavin and he went on about it and we had to cut it because it's not it's just like you could that stuff has to get cleared but yes you make a great point Perry can we find that middle ground can we find that balance you got to know which director to go with which director not to do that tactic with and like Tim Miller came out just recently and said I'm never doing it was it was Ryan Reynolds who got me off Deadpool 2 because he wanted to be control of all the creative decisions and there's no point in being in a situation where I can't win any of the arguments and then he said I'll probably and then I think he said he probably that's probably why he won't come back and do a Terminator 2 film or Terminator film again because of James, dealing with James Cameron so those are those guys you gotta know which director to add the second set of eyes to and which director not to add but the it, second set of but eyes but again to. yes I, I but it's agree a case with, by case basis so yeah, I think that, that's what I was gonna say it's a yeah. case by case because again Deadpool is something I, I get where Ryan Reynolds invested in this mm-hmm. and like you want to make sure this character that you brought to life that a lot of people have been wanting to see on the big screen is done the right way and maybe Tim Miller was going to take it in a different direction. Than or maybe he, he wasn't. Look, let's and Ryan just wanted control. the first Deadpool movie. If you watch, if you were able to it's watch it linear, movie. if you're able to watch it linear, it's slow as hell. Mm-hmm. Remember, the best part of the movie is put in the front, which is in the middle. If you watch that movie linear, if you picture it linear, it's super slow. So potentially that could have been Tim Miller's direction where it looked beginning to end. But it said, you know, maybe Ryan Reynolds is like, how about we give us this? We give everybody this. This is the, the teaser we dropped mm. that we that was leaked. We put it in the beginning, give everybody this action and then give them the rest of the story. That's a potential. We don't know for sure. Mm. Collaborating is hard. Yes, it, it really, really yeah. is. Whether you're talking about. You know, I mean, even sometimes when we collaborate on certain videos here or like talk about questions to ask about questions to ask during interviews, we have different opinions. And when you're talking about, you know, a hundred million dollar plus movie that's going to go on to make or break someone's career, there's feelings involved and it's Mm -hmm. it's difficult to get on that same wavelength. So Mm -hmm. I feel like one of the morals of the story is when you find a collaborator that you gel with, hold tight. (laughs) Very much so. All right. Let's get to some of these live (laughs) chat questions here. I'm going to start off with a holiday friendly one uh jarrett barkley wants to know what is your favorite christmas movie side question is die hard a christmas movie it is to me yes die hard is a christmas yeah movie. I, yes. I don't understand fools who say it isn't do you have a favorite christmas movie? well sure uh, uh it's a wonderful life is still which just came out in 4k uh it's it's absolutely my favorite christmas movie bar none but a close guilty pleasure is just friends Ryan Reynolds, shout out. Oh, I, I, I love that film. Okay. It's a nice, cheesy, guilty Christmas I haven't rewatched film. that one in a while. Oh, Maybe I'll so give funny. it another shot. It's so All funny. Right. I'm just going to be honest. 
the original Home Alone is my go-to mm-hmm. because it's set supposedly in a suburb right outside of Chicago. It's set in a suburb right outside of Chicago. Mm. But the movie is great. And also, for those who have not realized, Kevin McAllister should be charged with attempted murder. Oh, boy. Here in both go. of them. Here we go. Kevin McAllister tried to kill them damn burglars. I mean, I get it. They were trying to break into his house. You don't stand your ground. It's a stand your ground. Not in Illinois. You remember when we had Jake Roper on the show from Vsauce? Yes. One of his earlier versions of that show was a Home Alone one, and it was basically how you know, just one example that he had in that video is how like throwing a paint can in someone's face like wouldn't just like knock you off the stairs. It would probably decapitate. Yes. Yes. Especially at that speed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Again, a blowtorch at somebody's head, <laughs> and the only thing you think happens is his knit cap and the top of his head catches on fire. You put water on your steps so they ice over. Well, if you look, if you buy the premise that that kid is that smart to understand the laws of science and what he's doing, then you have to accept that he's gonna that these things are done for comical effect. Again, in Home Alone two, he <laughs> drops a brick on the top of the. That's beat. true. That's he a fair a point. Brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a, Kevin McAllister is an attempted murderer, and I understand he's trying to protect. This is not a st- no. This was, this was a sweet question. You turned into a very yeah, dark thing. Killing, killing childhood <laughs> dreams out there. I'm sorry, but Home Alone is my go-to movie, and it's a wonderful life. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful, and also I just. It's not a movie, but I'm a diehard fan of the whole animated Frosty the Snowman, mm. Rudolph the Red. Oh yeah, I love them so man. much. I got to go with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a Halloween movie, and it's also a Christmas movie. I love that movie so, so much, and it's a year-round movie. What am I saying? Um, Elf. Elf has yeah. become yeah. a go-to. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just It doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. I can't watch it without smiling, and I'll give a little shout-out to a random one. The Holiday is very underrated. Mm. It's very, very good. I'm sorry. Speaking of the best man holiday, yo, last Christmas, uh, jingle all the way. I'm going to give Simbad some props if nobody else will on this thing. All right. Let's look at uh, (laughs) let's look at a couple of others here. Here's a good one, actually, from Luke Nelson. What's this is actually it's kind of terrible. What script would you love to own an authentic printing of? So I have a feeling this might have come from a story that's circulating right now that a Rise of Skywalker script was nearly oh. sold on eBay. Oh, my God. Apparently, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I should have the proper quote to explain this, but I believe J.J. Abrams had said someone from the cast left it under their bed and then someone cleaning their place got a hold of it oh and it was God. put on eBay, but it was stopped before it was actually sold. Wow. Oh, I believe the, that's the story. Because the crazy part is every one of those scripts are watermarked. So you know exactly who it is. Very good point. That is a, that's a <laughs> scary, scary scenario. So it's like fantasizing and me trying to look on the bright side. It's like I would love if if that script was sold, it was sold to like a hardcore fan who wanted pr- to preserve the mystery. And they, yeah. they spent all their money to buy it, but just to keep it safe from people. Like not to actually put <laughs> it out on the internet or leak it. I know what script I want. The Hateful Eight. Only because... I want to count the number of N-words that are in the actual script. Mm. Because I know how many are said in the movie Mm -hmm. and and the extended version, which is on Netflix, which I watch a lot, which I watch a lot. I want to see how much that Quentin Tarantino was just like, it'll fit here, it'll fit here. It's not needed, but it can work here. I just want to see that because, again, we know Quentin Tarantino's films. He is known for using it. He feels like, yeah, I can do it. I grew up around black people. Nah, okay. But I just want to see how many t- I want to counter so I can put on the top 716 because I believe it's that many times. Wow. Uh, I'll do a social network script. 
I love the social network script. Uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote an incredible script. So if I could have that signed, the original signed by Aaron Sorkin, that would go up in a frame on uh, on my wall. I think I just have to go with my favorite movie of all time to have to have an authentic uh, version of the Jurassic Park script. Mm. Like, especially, I'd, pro- I'd probably want one from one of the actors with like their scribbles in it too. Like that's the kind of stuff I love seeing. I- so during award season, everybody knows because we post pictures about it. They often send us, you know, beautiful coffee table books yeah, yeah. with mm. photos and stuff in it. Yeah. Some of the ones that I've loved the most that I've received are the ones with like photocopies of script pages mm. with someone's someone's like notes and references yeah, yeah. throughout the in, the entire shoot. That's the kind of information I like to get. Yeah, that Irishman that just that was a that's a good one. Yeah, I, I just got that one over the weekend. I, I think that's probably what's at FedEx waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go pick that up probably after this. All right. Yeah. Let's take one more question. All right. Rick Zamoris wants to know what sci-fi film is the perfect fit for the Tesla Cybertruck? <laughs> <laughs> the one that didn't work? Uh, Fantastic Four. So, um, uh, oh, geez. I don't know. What, wait, 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 wait. Explain to me. It didn't work? Yeah, yeah. There was issues with it when they dropped. There were, uh, I think... They, like, it was I saw like a screenshot of that somewhere. Yeah. Everybody Something said it has eight bit graphics like a PlayStation yeah. One. Uh sci-fi movie that aliens. Um you can, be a, you can be a transport on a dock. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like it needs it worked in aliens. I know. Yo, I feel like it, it needs work? I feel yeah. like it needs to be a, a spoof if it yeah. doesn't work. Something that didn't work that everybody thought. Oh, it, was it didn't work. work. Okay. Uh, I feel like Chappie would drive it. <laughs> but I love Chappie. <laughs> that didn't work. Hmm. I could see that being an Ad Astra. On the moon? On the moon. Yep. And not, and like, you know. That's the space pirate not vehicle. Not working. They're thinking that it would work when it not work. Yeah, space pirate vehicle. That seems like it would Yes, there's space pirates in Ad Astra. On I the just moon. want to place it in, moon in a place where it shouldn't be, like in Mad Max Fury Road or That's something. That's what I was thinking. Like, you said <laughs> something. Rolling that around. But you said something that didn't work. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road works, but that would fit perfectly. No, no, no. You know what you would do? If they made another Mad Max movie, you would have this this car yeah. in it, but it would be it would be not a car. It would be, you a know, like, like remolded to some sort of like. Like, you know, throw away like tool or something. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're busy driving all the other cars, like the makeshift cars <laughs> that they make. Oh, uh, it's hard to think of sci-fi movies that didn't work that that would fit in. Because mm. you would actually want to put that in there. Like maybe it'll make the movie a little bit just better in general, like in yeah. good movies. Wait, wait, what is this? I wish Dorian was in the room right now. Mark Chapman wrote per- periphrasing. Did I say something inappropriate? Uh, I, I don't know. I could have. Was there a that's what she said joke somewhere in something that I said? Not that I, I not know. that I. I can't. I can't, guys. I can't handle it. And it's only Monday, but we're going to have a great week of movie talk ahead for you. Roka. Jay, thank you so much thank for spending you. your Monday morning uh, with me. Always good. Yeah, it really is. I told you. <laughs> and as always, Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat, thank you guys so much for your hard work. To everybody out there, there's some good stuff going down on Collider Live today at 10 o'clock in the morning. Lance Reddick is on the show. You don't want to miss that. Before you head over there, like and share this episode of Movie Talk. And don't forget, come back right here to this desk tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. PT for a brand new episode. Napa know-how.
Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa Automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa Automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last. Offer ends 831 20